Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is the Material Podcast here on the Relay FM network coming to you. Once it was live, but this is actually just a pre-recording recording that you're listening to. I am your host, Florence Ion. I'm joined here by Andy Anako. Hello, Andy. Actually, like if you're listening on the East Coast, it's live. Uh, but on the West Coast, because of the time difference, you are on tape delay. So uh, that's correct. So if you correct. so basically, and, if, if, and if, if we hearing... have a different special guest too. Is the Absolutely. other thing. Well, also like when the musical guest decided to, you know, show his bottom during the during his live performance. Well, guess what? We're going to substitute a stand-up comedian for that because we're not going to be fooled twice, are we? Mm-mm, mm-mm. By the way, this is episode 390. Mm. I went with a very out of order introduction today because I just got back from a week away from responsibilities. So I'm I am having a restful month. I am not working most of this month. I'll have everybody know. Um, right now I am at work, but come Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this 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 is the time in which Nobody in technology wants to make any news or write or report on any news. So un- unless somebody's got, unless somebody, I don't know, uh, had a deeply, deeply fraudulent Bitcoin repository scheme uh, and fled to the, fled to Bermuda and now is being extradited back, you're probably not going to be in the news that much. So. Yes. Or you're a dying social media company from downtown San Francisco. <laughs> Yeah. It's also a possibility. Anyway, I um so you look, I have you look, a bit you look, of a bone. Ta- you look tan and toned and rested and you know like like you've been listen, listening to calypso I don't music look tan. and going I don't to look drinking tan. moderate margaritas by a I was not a, I Oh. You know what? I had like no alcohol on this trip except for I had kombucha two nights in a row. Woo, heavy drinker <laughs> over here. Listen folks, um I listened to last week's podcast because I I am still around even when Andy's doing the solo shows. And Andy, I have to say, I caught your little Vancouver comment as to like, why did Flo choose to go to Vancouver of all places? And you know, I have to tell you that is a valid question. I did see I, well I, to, to be fair, I didn't say <laughs> Vancouver. I just said that it was it was an interesting choice. Oh, that's for, true. For for, for somebody for, for, for somebody who's who's saying, you know what, I'm gonna get away, I'm gonna have some time to myself. <laughs> relax about the kids i can go anywhere within within a certain radius of san francisco the world is my oyster how about canada in early december <laughs> I know. It, it was just again I, I i knew there was going to be a story i did not press you for it last week or the week before because i knew it would be more interesting to if i learned it along with all the listeners i mean the real deep part of all this is that um I needed to do some inner child healing. <laughs> Good. Right now. And I've always been curious about Vancouver. Uh I've I've always been curious about it as a place. I I'm not like I I love parts of Oregon and Washington. I love vacationing in the Pacific Northwest in both the summer and winter time. Like this is such a great place to live out here on the West Coast. Like I'm so grateful that this is where my my body landed in this <laughs> lifetime. Um because everything is to me to me the perfect way to get away is okay, I'm going to try and describe this to you. <laughs> 
um, one of my favorite movies as a child, again, inner child healing here, right? Do you remember when Disney did Homeward Bound? Michael J. Fox was mm-hmm. playing one of the voice actors. Sally Field was one of the voice actors. Involves the two dogs and a cat. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna have to be honest that I was coughing and I muted the mic and I was coughing loudly <laughs> enough that I did not hear the name of the movie. <laughs> and now I'm scrambling to figure, okay, Sally Field, Michael J. Fox, probably Michael J. Fox when we were still in television. Sally Field at the tail end of her most productive years, maybe the Forrest Gump years. And I'm drawing a blank. This Help is, me out. No, this okay. I I love you so much, Andy. You just uh homeward bound. When Disney oh, did okay, it. I got it. Yes. Yes. Uh, it was because they had like released it in some like indie. Anyway. Anyway, 90s trivia there for you. But um, when the animals run away. Like, so that was all filmed in the forests of Oregon. And so when the animals run away, it's very like, I don't know, inner me, I guess, wants to run <laughs> away there. And so that's why I went to Vancouver. And also because I said I wanted to go to Canada. So I could say I went to Canada and just do something a little different. Just go to an airport where I did have to. I sat in customs for two hours. Like I still had to do like immigration, everything, you know, you have to do. I didn't get a passport stamp, which was really disappointing. Um, But they do scan you there like you're coming in as a Canadian citizen, even though just because of the, you know, the sharing of the borders, if you will. Um. It was it was really interesting. It was really dark and bleak. You're right. It is not. I I did not. No, I barely needed to wear sunscreen. Let's be honest here. Okay, I used SPF 25 at most because I didn't need anything heavier than that. Um, And also, it's Jason Priestley's hometown. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Jason Priestley of 90210 fame, of course. And I did drive through his suburb, by the way. (laughs) Very snowy and cold. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what? You 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 throw some chains on the tires because you just got to you got to make the pilgrimage. How could you? How could you not be so close to his okay. home? Okay, okay, all right. I have to tell you this story. Okay, we are going to talk about my experience with Android Auto on the show today because I did have a rental car while I was in Canada, and because I'm a part of the Android Auto beta, it works wherever I am, which is awesome. Um, so I'll talk about that later. But I have to tell you. My rental car story. (laughs) Okay. So I land there. I was already like very late, by the way, getting to Canada because there were so few people flying to Vancouver from San Francisco (laughs) that the flight got canceled (laughs) going out there. Yeah. And I didn't find out until I had driven the hour, you know, the 50 miles down to the airport from my house. And I was like, well, I guess I'm just going to stay. I stayed at the airport for nine hours. Six hours of that, I spent it in the United Airlines lounge. By the way, those lounges get really bored after boring after the third hour. Um, I don't know what people in business class are huffing and puffing about. It's not that special. And the food wasn't that great either. Sorry. Uh, and then I eventually got on the plane. I got there very late. And I get to this rental car place. And I need to rent my car so I can get to my place. And they... So first of all... Uh, I asked, I said, can I please have something that can handle the weather here? I was like, it's going to be raining. It's going to be snowing. I just want to make sure that I have uh, all wheel drive or four by four is what you I don't, asked you for. Don't, you don't want a dune buggy. Exactly. I, and okay. I, and you no, know, like I, I know somebody's going to be like, I drive a Honda in Minnesota. I don't know what your problem is. And like, I'm from California. Okay. 
So I need extra. Right. I And I said I would pay for it. So I did. I was in that tier, right? Uh, she offers me, she says, well, here you go. I have keys. There's a Tesla out there. <laughs> a Model X with snow tires. That's Good. what she said. And I immediately was not expecting that she was going to offer that to me at all. Uh, because usually when you think of the Tesla, I hate to say this, but you think of it as like a higher tier that I don't, I was paying for like the, like the above beginner tier. Right. You know, um, usually that's like a, you know, a luxury car tier. So I was taken aback by that. And I laughed. I laughed. I didn't know what else to do. My first instinct was to laugh. I laughed in her face. I felt really bad about that. First of all, cause she, cause then she asked me, she said, what's the issue? What's the problem? <laughs> it's like, and I was like, uh, I wasn't about to tell her I have a moral, uh, I, I, I morally repelled by driving a Tesla, uh, especially here in a country where I wish I had the kind of health benefits that you all do. <laughs> and so instead of getting into that, I said, eh, you know, I, I don't really want to deal with an electric car which is the truth. I was like, I've never driven one before right. and like, I don't really want to deal with charging a car. Yeah. Like, I in don't want to deal with it. In this. the cold and not, not instinctively knowing what the range is going to be. Yeah. I know, I know they give yeah. you numbers on the dashboard, but those are like just predictions. Yeah. Or even just like, I don't know what a track, somebody I know is going to write us and be like, flow, electric cars are easy, but I don't know tractions. I don't know what the engine is like. I am used to, I'm used to gas and oil. So I'm also, sorry. also Elon Musk is running the company. How good could it be? Well, that's exactly why I laughed because <laughs> I was just like, lady, I was just reading about an 18 car pileup that happened on the Bay Bridge over Thanksgiving break because of a Tesla that rammed the person into a wall. I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't want to drive this on vacation. Anyway, she gave me a Jeep. Nice. <laughs> so, it is the entry level Jeep compass. It was fine. Has the body of a Wrangler, so it handled. It had the four by four. It was fun, um, but it was just a really funny way to start off the trip because I was like, "There is no way in hell I'm going to spend my vacation where I came here to. I came here to be cold and think, right? Like that's why I I went there. And like, also, I came to, here a, to a, eat a, and think. A Tesla is sort of representative of the sort of stuff you left San Francisco to get away from. And here's the other thing. Um, well, and here's the, I knew that going to Vancouver, I would get some of that because Vancouver, first of all, is one of the most expensive cities in Canada. So it attracts that same kind of person <laughs> that spends a lot of money and lives in San Francisco. And those are the kind of, I'm making a lot of generalizations right now. <laughs> Jim, cut out that. And those are kind of, because let's say I stopped it there. Thank you. Bless you. Thank you. So I knew that I was going to get into some territory up there of the Canadian variety, but I wasn't prepared for how many Teslas were out on the road. Um, the other thing is I don't want to call attention to myself. I'm a solo traveler. I'm, I want to be left the heck alone. And I don't want people staring at me as I'm trying to like figure out how to pay the meter, pay the meter, which by the way, was very easy. They use the same apps as the U S like it wasn't a big deal. You don't, you don't um, want anyone to get in the way of your vision quest. Yeah. Well, yeah, I just don't exactly. I, I didn't want to attract any sort of attention. I just wanted to have a regular car and, you know, I, would it have been cool for me to come back and say, yeah, 
I drove a Tesla Model X with snow tires through the mountains of Vancouver. Sure. Sure. But that was not the point of the trip, ladies True. and gents. So the point of the trip was for me to to leave all of you out of my mind for a bit. Not that I'm saying that you passed up a golden opportunity here, but it allow it you you passed up the chance to spend a lot of time talking crap about uh, Teslas without actually having to own one. So see, and that's the other thing; it would have distracted me from all the like internal thinking I was supposed to be doing right. on the trip, which I did a lot of. Um, and I just got to tell you, everybody, like Canada is really beautiful. It is, and um. I plan on going back with my family in the summer, which is when you're supposed to go. Like that's absolutely the time to go <laughs> and when it's bustling. But, but it was really nice to just like be in Canada and just experience like life outside the United States. But that is the United States. And it also gave me, I don't know, it was, it was good. It was great. Well, I still wish they stand it's, me. It's, 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 it's not the United States. It is still the Americas. That's the other thing. It is still the Americas. It's great that you bring that up. I am still trying, by the way, to understand or perhaps the word I'm looking for is reconcile. I did a little of my own like self-guided First Nations tourism. Excellent. Just to kind of like just very little bit of it um, just to understand because you always hear like, oh, well, they call it First Nations. So clearly, like Canada is doing, you know, indigenous rights better than us. That's not true. <laughs> it's absolutely not true. And you start to see the cracks in the foundation, like when you are standing on top of it. And I that was the other reason that I was like, well, it's a really cheap flight to Vancouver. Uh, it's really easy for me to get to. It'll be a really, you know, easy like thing to use my passport on. Uh, and I can, I'm fine with cold weather. I I don't mind it at all, actually. Um, so all in all, it was I got everything I needed out of the trip. Excellent. Yeah. I, I, so I I went on a trip of my own. I didn't I didn't have such lofty goals though. So I was in uh, I was in New York for uh, like four days, and oh, was, that's a, you did a trip trip in New York. You treated yourself. Well, kind of. It's. Be, see the thing is, uh, my my best and oldest friend like lives in Queens, so it's like if 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 he and his wife are going to be are going to be around, and it's not inconveniencing them, then it's basically there's an open invitation. Oh, of course, stay over. Let's hang out. Let's let's stay up and watch movies. Let's go out to dinner. That sort of stuff. So that's why, like, oftentimes, like what. Uh, See, well, uh, what when I'm planning these, when I planned this trip like three months ago, like when all when like the train fare was like you know twenty eight dollars each way, mm -hmm. all this sort of stuff. I'm like, you know, let's 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 not let's, let's not let's not just go for like one night. Let, let let's let's make a big meal out of this and let's see a, a bunch of friends and all that other sort of stuff. The the real reason for going was uh, there's production uh, at uh, the Metropolitan Opera uh, of uh, the Hours. It's the book that became that really really devastatingly sad movie. Uh, in the in the two thousands, and uh, it was I, I, so good. It was. Oh. I saw that one in the theater. Yeah, yeah. but but see, uh, I was I had I even had a little bit a few qualms about seeing it because it really was the sort of movie that I just remember seeing like the, for the next day after, like just being a lot of time spent just staring numbly into space because it's it's a hard one, it's a tough one, and. So, uh, but the thing is, I, I, and I won't spend like 40 minutes explaining why this production was going to be so cool. Uh, brand new opera, world premiere at the Met. Uh, Renee Fra Fleming, 
who was semi-retired, like one of the one of the greatest sopranos, semi-retired since 2018, but she didn't like announce the retirement. She basically, it, it's the time of life where it's hard to like it, you. you it's uh, opera singers are vocal athletes, and for the same reason why you don't see a 56 year old, 58 year old uh, 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 quarterback, you also don't see like 60, 58, 60 year old sopranos. Uh, but no, she didn't actually retire, and she found, ooh, this would be a great idea for, for for an opera. And so she lined up like the composer to adapt it. She, of course, has a great reputation with a, a great connection to the Met- Metropolitan Opera. And as soon as she was on board, uh, if you remember the story, it's about three women that uh, are, are are sort of connected through like a common storyline over three different time periods, and. It's about loneliness and it's about longing and it's about feeling trapped in a, in a circumstance and what do you do if you feel as though you can't get out of it? A whole, a whole bunch of stuff going on there. Uh, and but the three the three uh, the, the three sopranos that lined up are an absolute murderous row of like th- these are people that if each one of these individually if they were performing in an opera it would be on my list of ooh I got to go see that. And because of all that talent just in the main cast, even the supporting cast like Denise Graves which is one of the one of the best like younger uh, sopranos uh, Kathleen Kim one of my favorite younger sopranos like they were they signed up for roles that were just minuscule like again Kathleen Kim she could you 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 hire her to basically sing a lead role she was on stage for like maybe two and a half minutes but that's that's like what the the energy that this production sort of brought about it's like always oh, hell hell yes i'm gonna i'm not i'm not gonna go I'm, I'm not gonna be at la scala like singing the lead performance in this huge opera house i'm gonna i'm gonna have a minor supporting role if i can say that i was in this cast so i was looking looking forward to it uh, for for months and months and months and it did not disappoint it was really really quite wonderful uh it had a really awesome awesome time uh and uh, but it, but the the other part of the of the trip was I started a while ago, not promising myself that every December I would make a trip to New York to, you know, see the lights and the tinsel and the festoonery and that sort of thing. But if I can find an excuse to do so, that's a really good thing because you know what, you know, what it's like mm-hmm. when you're, when you're freelancer, mm-hmm. it's easy to realize that, Oh, it's December 26th. And really, I never like really, I, I didn't, I didn't like hear carolers. I didn't like see someone dressed as Santa or it, it just, you feel like it, it's easy to feel like it passed you by. But if I, but if I can make the special trip out, I, I get, I get my Kringle on, I get my jingle mm-hmm. jangle on. Uh, so yeah, it was a, it was a really great three or four days. Um, I will, I will say that I had, okay, so this is, we'll, we'll bring this back to technology because the Metropolitan Opera got hit by a massive cyber attack like two days before I left. I left on, on Thursday. Uh, they, a cyber attack shut down all of their online everything in, That's on terrible. Tuesday. Why would they go after the Met? Don't know. Well, the, the only, it, they're, they're not talking and the, and the website is still not up. Okay. They're still dead. So, like for the past week and a half, the box office has been closed. They've not been able to process refunds or anything like that. Uh, you can't like stream stuff through their website. You can't like look at the calendar or anything like that. You get you, you go to metopera.org. You get redirected to yep, sort of a maintenance it's page. Not, mm-hmm. And on and on the third or fourth day, after they realize that this is going to take a while for us to like re recover from, they actually had to. Uh, reach out to another theater in Lincoln Center just so that they could just so they could sell tickets to productions, and so these are and, and so uh, they normally make they only, normally sell like two hundred thousand dollars worth of tickets like every single day, and so they have been selling nothing. So for the remain for the time being, 
all these like orchestra seats that would normally go for up to like $350, $400. It's $50 general seating because they're lucky they managed to set up any system for selling tickets anyway, let alone like reserving a seat. So yeah, so you can first comes first served, the usher will lead you to like the best seat that they can find. So you can basically get the best seat in the house for like $50. Now, how, this is how, here, here's how this affected me. So I was here. Uh, yeah, I, I was going to say. I, I So uh, I was, I bought my tickets to, uh, to the hours like months ago, like the second that online ordering started, I bought these tickets because I wanted to get the day I wanted uh, the seats I wanted. I wanted to pay as much or as little as I wanted uh, as opposed to, you know, having to having to buy a four hundred dollar seat because it's the only thing lit left. It was a sellout as of like Monday or Tuesday. I was like, maybe there are two seats left. So, but every time that I'm in New York, even when I have plans to see one show, there's always a, a what I call a opportunity for riffraff style uh, performances where mm-hmm. I I don't I certainly can't afford to like spend one hundred fifty one hundred sixty. 200 250 dollars like just on a spur of a moment say geez as long as i'm seeing the hours i may as well see rigoletto the night before i may as well see aida the day after but the thing the great thing about met, the met is that it's a it's a four thousand seat theater and on broadway most of the theaters are like 1200 seats 1300 seats it's a freaking barn so there are almost always like seats available and like the cheapest seats in the in the upper decks are like 35 bucks like less than 40 bucks and the, the music, the music goes everywhere. It's, it's far. You're in the nosebleeds, but you still see the, see everything. I've got yeah. binoculars to see the yeah. music. Also, they have a rush, uh, rush seats so that if you hit the website at noon on the day of the performance, uh, unless it's a really, really in demand show, chances are excellent. That you can buy orchestra seats for $25 each. So, so in the back of my mind, I was thinking, I'd like, I kind of like to see Rigoletto and boy, I really want to see Aida like on Sunday, on Saturday, if I can, because, uh, this production of Aida is going away for good. And uh, what, what, uh, what the Met and other opera houses do is that like they, they get shows like in repertory. So they'll, they'll spend millions of dollars to like build these sets, get these orchestrations, make these costumes. And then every year or every other year, they put on this production of Aida or they put on this production of Rigoletto. It's basically you, you put these sets and costumes in the bank. And for like the next ten or fifteen years, you can always just put this production on and put it on the schedule. It's it's not necessarily <laughs> it's not necessarily fillers, but you because you still get great yeah. people singing. It reminds me of like high school high schools, right? <laughs> so, but the now, but the problem is that this the, this production of Aida, one of the most famous operas ever, like was put together in the late eighties, and it it really is showing its age. And so they're retiring at they're they're retiring at this year. This is the last year that's that's in the season. They're going to be oh, doing this is Aida. Elton John and Tim Rice's. Nope, no, 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 no. That's, that, that, that's the musical. That's, oh, sorry. That's the Broadway musical. This is like okay. the classical opera. And uh, so, but uh, the reason why I wanted to see it is now I've been thinking about the best way to explain the level of excess in this production. And I want to say that, again, this was put together in the late 80s in the Reagan era. era. It is not the most precise thing to say that this is a coked up version of Aida, but it's really damn close. It is getting an explicit, <laughs> whatever, whatever, whatever it is, paint it gold. Okay. If it's a costume, put more sequins and glitter on it. If there's an empty part of the stage, put, I don't know who into a I costume. Mean, that was the eighties is excess. It was capitalism. It was, right. you know, go, go, go. And it, it gave us, the problems we have now. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So, <laughs> essentially, it's it is it's sort of like when 
like a really really ugly building that everybody makes fun of gets is finally getting torn down after 40 years but it's like you know what i kind of want to see how ugly this building is before they actually it actually goes away but unfortunately i couldn't i couldn't do it because the box office the box office was closed because of the the, the cyber attack the uh, i could have I, I could have bought 50, these 50 dollar tickets but uh i couldn't see aida rigoletto was going to be like 3 p.m on sunday and i was already going to see i was already going to go uh have lunch with a friend at noon and then yeah. i kind of i kind of want to walk around and then have dinner with like my friends in queens afterwards yeah. so it's like and the here's the thing and rigoletto is one of those repertory productions so it's like if i miss it now i can always see it next year there's no right. reason not to rush to see it but it's like ah damn it i could have but for 25 dollars to see aida like right after having seen the hours i would have totally been into that or for to be able to see rigoletto maybe the night before for 35 dollars, i would have totally been into that but and yeah I, and we still don't know like what the situation is with the uh with the uh with the attack the only rumor and it's really That's is just so a rumor wild. Yeah, they see there was there is a Russian soprano that when the when Russia invaded Ukraine. Oh no, are we re are, really? Yeah. yeah, they they basically there was a soprano who's very famous for being like pro pro Putin about like hey here's me pictures with Putin my buddy my great what great things you're doing for Russia God bless you Mr Putin children children let's sing our our, our, our sing high in praise of of, of our friend Putin Ugh. and so as a result the Metropolitan Opera given that this woman decided not to like roll back any of these comments and kind of when she did comment made one of these I'm being forced to say something because I can't say that I said nothing. So I'm going to make some noises with my mouth now. <laughs> and this was, uh, this was insufficient enough that the Mets said, guess what? We're not going to, we're not going to work with you for the foreseeable future. They canceled her contract for the next like couple seasons. So it's possible that uh, Russians are perturbed and are acting out uh, rather than processing their feelings and their emotions in a healthy and mature way. Again, they're throwing a little tantrum. Well, Andy, I will say just to bring this on a more positive note from all the stuff happening politically. Um, Sorry, Jim. That I was really, I was really happy that we got to go to the opera together Yay. in October. Yes, because and ever since I got back from Vancouver, I am just a lot of the music that I listened to was. It was like modern music, but it was very soft. And so now I'm back at work and I'm not really vibing with the space music. <laughs> and so I've been listening to a lot of classical music. Nice. Today, today I just did the like the classics, classical music, like the Hungarian dance, ballroom yeah. dance. There's all these things that I need to learn. Hungarian but then I hear this. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but then I hear the song and I'm like, oh, that's right. I know right. what song that is. Yep. Um, so that's cool. That's the, yeah, that, that's that's what streaming services are for. It's like there there's so many so many categories of music that I'm not going to spend ten dollars per album to see if see a if I like jazz and b how hard it is to find a jazz album I like. But yeah, I'll waste some, I'll waste some time like looking through all this stuff. And if they and if the algorithm recommends something, I'll check it out. It's going to be fun. So, yeah. Well, and that's the thing is I'm like learning the differences between like Baroque classical music and medieval classical yeah. music and modern classical music. And like all these things are very different. Um, do you remember Dave Koz was his name mm, from the 90s? No. K.O.S.? 
K-O-Z. Okay. But no. Yeah. He he was a smooth jazz saxophonist that I know from 90210. Okay. I thought, listen, I thought that I could go down that route of like, oh, I'll do this. Because I was really into smooth jazz during my pregnancy for whatever reason. Nice. Some people do food. (laughs) Through genres of music. But it's just, it's not hitting. It's not hitting like it used to. Yeah, that, I mean that's fine. Everybody has their own taste. I every time I every time I hear smooth jazz, I have to. I I, I always imagine hearing some guy from the Weather Channel saying, "And now here are the national further forecasts in cities all across the country." Then the the digital scroll. It's that's that's what they play underneath, like Dallas Fort Worth, seventy three degrees. Walpole, Massachusetts. The original ASMR. Was the weather channel of the 90s when you just wanted to have the TV on and just have something in the background, but you didn't want it to be dialogue, you put on the weather channel. Even as a six year old, I knew that this was something right. I could do for comfort. <sighs> life. Well, today's show is about life, it's about Google's life. Don't worry, we're bringing <laughs> it back to Google. We're actually going to talk about chat, GPT, which was really trending while I was gone. And I noticed that it, it was all over Gizmodo <laughs> when I got back. Um, so you I know you picked a, big... a great day, great week to get gone to, to not have to provide a hot take on chat GPT. Yeah. I will say it, it's definitely 2023 is going to be the year of this. And I think it's, it's great that this is a Google podcast because we have things to say about that. Um, I am going to talk a little bit about my experience with the Android Auto beta while I was in Canada. I'm just going to offer a couple of little quick notes for anybody who's wondering what's coming for them. And we're also going to talk about YouTube, which is trying to do a little bit more about naughty comments, especially now that it has a lot more competition in the realm. <coughs> TikTok. <coughs> Maybe be although, real. Although, although, although maybe not for long. It's like, hey, hey, nice. Wouldn't it be great if like the government, the U.S. government, basically yeah, forbade TikTok from operating anywhere in the country? That that'd be great for me. I mean, I don't even have wouldn't like a streaming media service. Wouldn't be great for me. I would lose my Disney streamer. Yeah. Um, and just before we go, we're gonna have something really fun for you. Something that also has to do with Google and Blobs. So stay tuned for that. And, and classical music. And, it, it all, we're we're all, look, we're, we're all bringing it down around. full circle. This is perfect. Okay. Let's take a quick break. Have you ever thought about starting your own business, creating a brand, sharing your wealth of knowledge with the world, or using your years of experience to create something for yourself? Hover wants to help you take the first step in getting your ideas off the ground. If you have a brand that you've always dreamt of building or a business that you want to take online, the first step is finding your domain name. Hover makes this super simple with a clear and straightforward user experience, easy-to-use tools, and truly amazing support from friendly humans. It's never too late to step up to the plate and share what you have to offer. Getting online has helped thousands of people around the world reach new heights with their businesses. Now, here's a personal experience block. Uh, I, uh, of course, I buy lots of domain names. My, my, the two most important are, uh, I, I got, I got into this early enough that I do have andyi.com. That's the one where if it's between, if, if, if money gets super, super tight and it's a choice between homelessness or renewing andyi.com for the next 10 years, I'll be sending that check to renew andyi.com. I also have a notgo.com 
which I kind of delayed a long time for buying uh, back in the 90s because, hey, who else is, is, is going to want anotco.com? And then what actually moved me on that was knowing that I actually have cousins in like Australia who are anotcos and maybe like their kids, like they're, they're, they have like sons or daughters, teenagers who like want to create their own website. Then I don't want to have to be the real anotco.com. Uh, but, and it, I know I'm doing an ad read, but it really does, really does make a point about how different buying domain names is now compared to what it was like in the nineties where you have to, you had to know somebody who could host it for you, who could set up the DNS for you, who could do all the, it really was a kind of alchemy that most people did not have access to. And right now, I mean, most of the domains that I buy, I do tend to buy them through hover are just, they just occurs to me that, wow, this would be kind of an interesting website to build, or this is be kind of an interesting domain name. And then to my shock uh, and delight, it's actually available. And I'm like, uh, you know what? That's not that much money to just make sure that I have this domain name. And so, yeah, so I do have a whole bunch of domain names that uh, I keep on top of. I let go of some of them from time to time, but there's some that I just like, like, like cool things on a charm bracelet that I, that I like to have. Uh, so uh, let's go back from the personal experiences. In addition to the classics like .com, you can get extensions like .shop, .tech, and .art. And with over 400 more to choose from, you'll be able to find the perfect domain name for your business, one that's memorable, relevant, and boosts your brand. You can buy a domain, set up custom email boxes, and point it to your website in just a few clicks. And if you ever run into trouble, help is just a phone call or chat away. Secure, simple, and reliable. Hover is a trusted and popular choice amongst millions of people launching any kind of brand or business. If you're ready to get your idea off the ground with a perfect domain name, head to hover.com slash material to get 10% off your first Hover purchase. That's hover.com slash material to get 10% off. Our thanks to Hover for their support of the Material Podcast and all of Relay FM. All right, Andy, since I was out last week, tell me, what do you feel like the air was with the <laughs> conversations around chat GPT last week? Because to me, I just saw it come through as like, oh, no, AI. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty much the take of, uh, for pretty much everywhere. And of course, when it was when it was the nightly news, like the network news, it was like every every single so it's, it's almost like every single like uh, piece about chat GPT which was, by the way, released uh, as an experiment, released by OpenAI, just as a sort of a hey, here's a fun site, and you can you can try out our GPT, our Chat GPT model. Uh, and now, a million people were started to use it, so it kind of got traction. People start talking about it. So now, of course, Chet and Natalie, uh, the local city news, have to talk about it. And so, almost every one of these stories starts off with, "What is Chat GPT?" ChatGPT is a new conversational, large-scale language model that can hold natural language conversations on any sort of subject. And you know what? ChatGPT wrote that exact intro for this story. It's really quite amazing. Here, here's Bob. Here's Bob with more with more information about. And it's like, oh, for God's sakes. I do believe we had ChatGPT write a whole article for Gizmodo. I was actually on the site today as oh. we were recording this, or yesterday. Um, but listen, to be fair, Andy, this is exactly what journalists have been scared about. So, uh, well, I mean, it's the, the thing is, you got to try it. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 great for it's great for brainstorming. It wasn't good. It's, it's great. Oh, again, it's great for brainstorming. Really, it, it's great for like first drafts. Like if I on those, you know, those afternoons where you cannot 
by the opening sentence of whatever it is that you that's due in one hour. And it's like, I could see myself saying, write me, write me 800 words about blah, blah, blah. And I wouldn't use it, but I would read it and say, okay, this is stupid and it's weak. Um, I don't want to talk about that, but I do want to talk about that. And it might basically spark my, uh, basically it might, it might kick the, the first boulder down the road, down the hill where I can actually start working, and get this done. Uh, and, and, and there's some cool things about it, like being able to write code with it. Uh, but you know, it's, it's no, it's not very good. It's it, when you ask it to write something, it's pretty mediocre. When you ask it for something factual, you're definitely going to go right to Google search to make sure that it's actually a fact that it's, that's giving you, I mean, it's, it's, it really is a lot like, uh, Google's Lambda, uh, language processor that they've been talking about and showing off for the past couple of years. But imagine that it's not like a, a $2 trillion company that is patient and can wait for it to actually be perfected and be trustworthy that they can, but it's really more important for them to have like a million users who can start pounding on it and uh, click on thumbs up and thumbs down to responses so they can figure out what's good and what's bad. Uh, It's, I mean, as, as usual, it's just, it's just, what just annoyed me is that nobody could have like a non like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Everything's horrible. Everything's going to have the end of everything sort of take on. It's like, it's a thing. It's not a practical thing. It's it has its per, it has its purposes. Yes, just like GPT three, which is like a, the it's an evolution of GPT three text generator. Yeah, there 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 are going to be companies that will produce a product like Jasper, where if you're where if you need to like basically produce like a hundred blog posts a week for social media, if you need to produce uh, like a hundred uh, junk emails, it will generate those emails for you. That'll be great. That'll be wonderful. It'll, it'll allow people who are in terrible lines of business to not have to have so much time to drink anymore. But it's, it's, I don't think it's good in its current form. Nobody's, nobody's job is really, let, let me put it this way. If I, I would be, ver- I, if, if my writing and my research and my integrity uh, and my uh, reputation for getting my facts right were so bad that my job could be done by chat GPT. I probably should have like gotten my law degree at least 10 years ago and just given this up because this is, this is, uh, this is a very, very bad person that writes. Well, I will it's say that you with, do have, of course it's fun to play with. It's the same thing as everybody who was feeding that AI icon art generator thingy that everybody was doing like two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, anything having to do with AI replicating anything human-like is absolutely fascinating to us right now as we all are basically facing our morality. <laughs> so, okay. All right. I'm projecting a bit. But <laughs> in all sincerity, Andy has a total point about the AI just being something that would is a helpful starter. I use Grammarly for that reason. It's a helpful starter for me to figure out where I have messed up grammatically because sometimes you are, I'm so tired and because of everything in life, (laughs) if you have that extra help, it helps you perform as a better human. And so I would, I can't believe I just said that out loud, but I did perform as a better human. I look to AI as like, oh, I would love this as a helper actually to help me on like my tired days yeah. to, you know, make sure that I'm constructing a sentence that is, that makes sense. And that like gets the word across. Obviously I still have to do the checking of the yeah. facts. That, that, that if part, if part of our job is simple enough that a machine can do it, I should let a machine do it. So I have more time to do things that machine with, what machines can't do. So, so I mean, you're, I'm, I'm the first generation where 
uh, like calculators were like cheap and mm. uh, cheap and accessible enough that every kid had one. And that uh, you, you see, you, you used to hear a lot of the same like pearl clutching and hand wringing about, Oh, well, we don't need, what, what if we have a generation of people who don't know how to do basic math. And the people who are actually like students and the teachers are saying, actually, the thing is like, we don't, let's not spend a whole semester teaching kids how to do long division by hand. If they have something that costs like $8 <laughs> that we so cheap, we'd actually give everybody one. Let's actually get them onto more sophisticated mathematical concepts that are way more interesting and will lead the next generation of mathematicians to find a passion for this thing. As opposed to, again, mm. we don't, we don't need, we don't need mm. to, we don't need another answer to the question. What's, uh, what's uh, the square root of 2,812. It's like, Again, we can figure that out in a millisecond. Let's just figure out. Let, let's 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 graph these results. Let's graph. Let, let's do trigonometry where we can actually get a sense of what these functions actually do. Because we have now have little pocket computers that can do that for us. I really like that you said that kind of like inspire people to pursue math because you never really think about how some of this stuff just kind of helps with being a human because yeah. the world we constructed around us. I have to say. So, okay. So I wasn't really around for, you know, the discussion discourse happening around this, but, um, but obviously I'm very curious if Google's been thinking about it because for the last six, seven Google IOs, everything Google at, at the keynotes was about AI. Here's what we're doing with our artificial intelligence, what we're doing with our machine learning, our Lambda, our this Check and our that's. Too. Yes. And of course, that's all we talk about on this podcast is people <laughs> who swear to God that these are just like real people. <laughs> yeah. See, that's a, so I so I had my I was on NPR this morning. I was on a little bit early. And really, when I was writing up the outline for, of course, we want we're going to talk about chat, G, uh, chat GPT. And I really wanted to make sure that for the for a solid 10 minutes, we kept our head like <laughs> on the ground and just talking about mm. just talking about things like this is. This is this is not a magical thing. This is an evolution of things that already existed. These are things that uh, that these are going to be tools that are really going to revolutionize revolutionize a lot of computing and a lot of daily existence. But and there'll be good things and bad things. But don't you know? It's 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 way too easy to say that. Well, what about children who are going to cheat on essays? And like, well, I I I do that if I if I were a kid and I had access to this, I would certainly do that. But maybe that means that you shouldn't just basically be having them write essays that just parrot out the reg the, the facts you're looking for actual writing, all all, all this sort of mm -hmm. stuff. So yeah, it's mm -hmm. I mean, what was actually what was most annoying? Okay, there are a lot of things that were most annoying uh, that doesn't make sense uh, gram grammatically, but so many hot takes that were like oh is this the end for google because wow it's so much easier to use than google search you can actually like if you want to research uh claude monet you can say who was claude monet and then it'll give you like three paragraphs on who he was and what the art movement was and say but but uh, but didn't that freak people out in paris and then it'll come back well actually kind of did and here's what the critics were saying at the time like whoa google can't do anything like this they're gonna they're doomed 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 this and, is literally the knowledge graph yeah exactly and, the, and they're, they're they're like a they're like a whole bunch of like different like different like i i, I saved a whole bunch of different of these articles to like my bookmarks i didn't i didn't put them in the show doc but it's like oh come on it's like and and but they but it's, this is in our show doc this week because of course it came up during uh during the uh, the uh, town hall they they right google has regular mm -hmm. uh, all hands meetings at google where mm -hmm. uh, in advance uh like they employees talk. 
Yeah, well, in, in advance, Google employees can, from everywhere can submit questions, and then other employees can upvote them. Say, "Ooh, that's a good question." Have have Sundar and have the head of uh, AI uh, answer this question. And of course, one of the biggest upvoted questions last week was uh, was about uh, ChatGPT and quote, "Is this a missed opportunity for Google, considering we've had Lambda for a while?" And yeah, I mean, Sundar Pichai and the head of AI basically said what you would expect them to say, which is that. Okay, the first of all, they, they didn't say the chat, uh, that chat GPT was kind of garbage at what it does. But, you know, they had to acknowledge that we're Google search. People trust us to actually get things right. And if we if we if if we released Lambda right now and Lambda suggested that Claude Manet and Groucho Marx were actually good friends and collaborators, that would be death for the reputation of our company and for Google search. That there's a, remember that they they had their AI event was it last month or the month before it was just a whole event in New York where it was just about them talking about here is what here here is the status of our AI research and here are the things that we're trying to figure out before we incorporate them into real products and the constant the, the constant drumbeat they were saying is that we have to make sure that. Uh, this does what we expect it to do. It doesn't uh, do things that we don't expect it to do that are that are harmful. Uh, and moreover, that we pr- when we take this basic research and turn it into a product, it's a product that can actually help people out. And for that reason, they kept going on to the point where as they were giving uh, these chatbot uh, text generation tools to some writers uh, just to experiment with, they're finding that it's it, Again, even Lambda is not good at just simply give me a prompt. I'll give you a short story and it'll be brilliant. But it's really, really good for uh, for for brainstorming ideas. Uh, and they, yeah, if you go on the if you go on the AI research uh, blog, you actually see some of the short stories that were written uh, by name brand uh, name brand reputational uh, authors in collaboration with Lambda. So yeah, I mean, so so basically they're saying that. Uh, but Pichar did Pichai did say that twenty twenty three will mark quote a point of inflection. Which doesn't really mean anything, does it? Uh, for the way AI is used for conversations hmm. and in search. So basically, the implication is that uh, they intend to have something out there in 2023. They have they they figured out what they can do with Lambda in terms of incorporating it into search uh, and stuff like that. I mean, what we really hmm. want is something that works really, really well, not something that just demos well. Which right now is what ChatGPT is. <sighs> 2023 is going to be a really telling year for Google, I think. Like, and I don't think we realize that or no, we do realize that actually. I'm just thinking bigger picture about the whole macroeconomics thing, about all the stuff that they've been chipping away at. current international macroeconomic environment. Yeah. And I'm just, I've just been thinking about, I've just been thinking about them a lot. It's the end of the year. This is what we're thinking about. And I have time to think. (laughs) (laughs) See, this, this, this is why I try to avoid thinking. Uh, you, you 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 wind up without distractions. You wind up alone with your thoughts, and your thoughts are not good company. No, no, no. But you know what is good company? Android Auto. Oh, the excellent. new one coming out. I have to tell you. I have to tell you. I so listen, folks. I'm in the Android Auto beta that's going on right now because I'm special. I, <laughs> you are, Florence Ion. You are special. No, but I did. I asked Google. I said, listen, I appreciate you guys like showing this to me, but can I actually preview it in my car like when I'm driving? Because that's where you really see the bugs and things. And the good news is, folks, that I used it for the full like five days that I was driving in Vancouver and it was only buggy twice. Nice. Yeah. The first bug was um, maybe it was my fault. 
I'm not sure. But I didn't realize. So I never had very successful interactions with Android Auto before this. Mm -hmm. I have a big problem in my Subaru where the Bluetooth and the hardwire connection are constantly battling each other. Um, I didn't have this problem in this rental car that I was in. <laughs> I didn't have this problem. I did at one point I like noticed some skipping and it was because it kept switching between the tethering and the Bluetooth. But once I figured out that I could just turn the car on and Bluetooth would turn <laughs> on Android auto, I was like, Oh, that's right. This is how it's supposed to work. This is nice. This is nice and seamless. Literally just get into the car, turn it on and Android auto pops on nice and easy. Um, I, uh, I really did like the new interface that they have going. It is so much easier to interact with while you're driving and it's much, it feels more responsive and like less scary because sometimes I would be driving with Android auto and I would feel like, Oh, I really need to skip. I really need to change an album. I need to go into Spotify and change the album. I cannot do this album. And it would feel like a race against the clock. Like I need to move really fast before, you know, a light turns on or something of the sort. Like I need to get back to looking at the road. So I didn't really like feel this way. So I feel like good things are coming for Android auto. Um, but the other thing is I'm having a hard time figuring out if the only reason I felt this way is because I was in a Jeep and maybe <laughs> their software in their car just works a little bit better than what I've been dealing with in the Subaru. <laughs> so like there this is, is the, this this is what I kind of just want to bring up to folks is that we still have this fragmentation issue in our dearly beloved Android ecosystem, even when it comes to Android Auto. I, I still can't figure out what I like about center console entertainment infotainment systems. It's like every time I every time I drop into a car, whether there's Android Android Auto or uh, uh, or Apple system, it's like I don't necessarily want to introduce my phone into this entire ecosystem, I'd kind of be okay if I could just drop it into a holder so that I know that my data is staying on this device, that the people who make the software that runs this dashboard are not getting a, getting a, getting a list of my apps. They're not getting a list of my contacts or anything like that. So that, that, it might just be that I'm old uh, and I just, it, it just, it just makes me feel a little, a little bit icky to, 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 uh, to, to let, let another dashboard of a car that I don't necessarily own have a have access to my phone in any way, shape, or form. As cool as it is to have to have all that all those navigation features and all those music and entertainment features in the middle of a of rental car. Well, I mean, because it is nice. Like, first of all, the maps having that familiarity of Google Maps in the center console when I already use it at home makes driving easier. And by the way, I learned kilometers with the help of Google Maps. I've surmised that about six hundred meters is about half a mile. Because that's when Google Maps starts telling you to get into the lane that you have to turn into. Because <laughs> you get a half mile warning here in the States when you're driving. And in Canada, they give you a 600 meter warning. So just very, very fun <laughs> learning these things. Wow. So there's, there's, they're still being bullheaded and using that old metric system, are they? Wow. Mm, yeah, that old metrics. Oh, my God. Yes. I, uh, okay. Anyway. Yes, the metric system, which I finally learned after 36 <laughs> years on this earth. Uh, but I, I do, that is something, Andy, that I think I'm going to look into because I am system? actually very curious. Like oh. nobody has talked about the privacy of bringing in your personal car or your personal phone data and like the advertising ID and like everything that's associated with that into 
a third party car that is not yours. And like, I rent cars, you know, I, a couple times a year. And even even for cars you actually own, that's a really, really important topic that isn't discussed nearly frequently enough that even if you own this car, the ability of, uh, of the the car maker to uh, basically sniff all the data that you're giving it through your phone and monetize it, the ability of law enforcement to simply ask these car companies without without even having to ask very hard, hi, can we have complete data on how Andy used this car and where he went with it? Sure, no problem. Uh, so it's it really this is this is why we need to know if Andy's bad. We need <laughs> to see his log because we need to know if he's bad. Well, I uh, see. I uh, I was in Dedham, uh, Massachusetts. I was uh, on my way to uh, South Station to the Celtics game, and I saw this guy in this car. He had sideburns, and I thought, "Hey, I think that's Andy Anatko," but I didn't know for sure. So I was wondering. Like, I looked up in the in the cop computer uh, what car he has, and like you guys made it. And could you like tell me if he was there, like near South Station last Tuesday, like maybe four o'clock? <laughs> I I don't I don't accept that. That's that that's not evil. That's just you know, that's just be that's just being a little bit pushy. <sighs> anyway, the new Android Auto is going to be good, and I will look into that. That's see, this is why we talk to Andy about these things. <laughs> yeah, and actually, I didn't put I didn't put this in the show doc, but since we brought it up, so I guess Google finally <laughs> has decided that it makes no sense to have both a Google Maps team and a Waze team. Uh, remember that they bought this the that navigation the crowdsource navigation mm-hmm. uh, app was was it ten years ago? Still the best way to right away to look for speed traps. Yes, <laughs> so again, crowdsource information you absolutely cannot beat it. So they bought it in twenty thirteen for a billion dollars, uh, and I, I guess the, cool the, the the relationship they again they are a fully owned like subsidiary of Google. It's not as though like they're just an investor or something like they are part of Google. And uh, so according to a CNN report, CNN brought up the fact that uh, one of ways in 2021 last year, one of their former top executives uh, said that they weren't ways was not being allowed to grow within Google and that ways could have quote, probably grown faster and much more efficiently had we stayed independent unquote. Uh, So, so, but, so Google's like, yeah. So Google's merging the two teams just to save money because obviously there's going to be a lot of overlap of resources, uh, staffing, all that kind of stuff. The CEO of Waze is going away. So, yeah, I mean, it really, I, I have to say, I have to say that I was a little bit surprised that uh, they didn't just simply roll Waze's features into Google Maps. But in retrospect, I understand why they didn't because uh, Maps, the, 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 the role of Maps within Google is a really specific thing. It is, it is one of those Google app slash services that substitutes for their lack of a social uh, social grab. It is Yelp. Exactly. It is is Google's Yelp. Right. So adding another layer of here's crowdsourced information about traffic uh, and road road conditions and again, speed traps would have made things a little bit more complicated and not those people who want ways would use ways. Those people who want maps would use maps. Uh, But and they were feeding each other a little bit, but eh, it's too bad. Um, yeah, and they still feed each other a little bit, but uh, yeah, exactly. They are two different experiences. It's good that you brought that up too, because um, Android Auto was split off on its own as it should have been, <laughs> and the phone app actually got rolled up into the Maps team. So it just seems right. like it's a part of this consolidation that's going on. And this is what I meant when I said earlier, like twenty twenty three is going to be an interesting year, knowing what we do about like how Google's doing business 
uh, we, yeah, it's going to be a, a sit and watch year. It's going to be us. a wingding. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, should we take a quick little break before we get into the last bit of our podcast? I think we should. Okay, let's do that. Well, YouTube is excelling in one space that Twitter isn't. <laughs> it actually has, or is at least attempting to implement moderation. <laughs> oh, God, Twitter's getting so bad. Uh, but we're not talking about Twitter, we're talking about YouTube. YouTube, so apparently YouTube is improving its system for automatically detecting comments on videos and live streams that violate community guidelines. And this is good news. Because this new doc is showing us that uh, YouTube is promising in its community forums that it's going to do something about those nasty <laughs> comments and that bot-generated content by improving the machine learning systems. Finally. That'll save Finally. us. Finally. They use the words machine learning. Everything's going to be great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, of course, with everything, there are caveats. Uh, the system does detect repeated violations it can also automatically punish folks by giving them on a brief, giving them a brief timeout. And actually, um, if I'm not mistaken, I think like TikTok does this currently, which really annoys people because if somebody doesn't like your video, what they do is they will report you. And as TikTok <laughs> is investigating you, they will shut you down, which really sucks because yep. you're like what the heck? And then all of a sudden this person disappears and they have Reaper's to start a shadow account and Anyway, the user uh, in this instance, in YouTube's instance, will be blocked from commenting for up to 24 hours or up to a, a full day after the violation. Um, now, it's good, but uh, the whole point of YouTube is that everybody <laughs> is welcome to come on stage and say what they like. Or say say what the little bird or the little monkey, right? Or what the what the what the little squirrel or what the little tiny miniature giraffe that's riding a little baby elephant or whatever little creature that's inside its mouth wants the user to say, will go ahead and say it. That's God bless America again. Elon Musk is 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 in favor of that sort of thing, and he hasn't put a foot wrong yet, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but no, I mean the, he yeah. gets up on Dave Chappelle's stage there you go you know so and you know Perfect. everyone's shouting Eloon, Eloon. <laughs> everybody loved them um, yeah i mean it's, it's the, the the so it's it's good that they it's it's good that they're they, they at least keep it keep making the, the point to youtubers that hey look it's not like we think this is a solved problem they're they're making the point that we made improvements that have like increased like automatically deleted comments by like a billion I think it said the, the the support technical support document in the support forum for YouTube says that deleted something like a billion comments that were either by bots or uh, abused community guidelines so far this yeah. year. Yeah. Um, the the only worry is that like I have uh, this is an automated system. It's not being it's not being observed by humans. So it's possible that like I'm gonna get someone's gonna get banned and not know like what it, what did the, what it is they said or did that got like them on banned. TikTok. Yeah, mm -hmm. and like and we a while ago we talked about how like I lost one of my uh, Gmail accounts because it just said we this is we've we've destroyed this con we've destroyed this account because of flagrant violations of of, of of terms of terms of use, and I'm like, well, what what happened? 
well, we can, you can, you can, you can petition for this to be reconsidered. Like terms I, of that, abuse. That's, that's that's not what I asked. I asked what what went wrong. Well, we've already we've already in the in the eight in the uh, eighty seconds that since you sent that reply, we've reviewed your case and we're 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 sticking by our guns. We know this is disappointing to you bastards who keep trying to ruin this holy and perfect thing we call YouTube, despite our intentions to make this uh, a platform that elevates humanity into a higher and more elevated level. Like no, just tell, what what do you think I did? I haven't even logged into this account and like two years what do you think i possibly did so i mean it's so according to the, the doc it's it's not as though you're going to be this uh, automated system is going to be kicking people off of youtube and terminating their accounts it's more like hey guess what you're off you're it'll give you a warning it'll delete it might delete your comment and if you keep doing it uh, or excuse me if, if it keeps thinking that you're a nasty person it'll, it might throw you off commenting for 24 hours but it's like uh it just gives me visions of uh it gives me visions of Again, being this Kafka-esque nightmare where a piece of software has decided to punish me for something without telling me what it is it thinks I did, and there's no way to to appeal the decision. It's like, uh, that's not good. Yeah, that, and that's part of what like has that's part of what makes like TikTok and Instagram very annoying for a lot of people is that that is one way that people get harassed by people who don't like them is they'll just get constantly reported. Which, oh gosh. 2023 is just going to be an interesting year. Yeah. It's uh, it, well, Google has so much they need to fix about YouTube too. It's just, just the idea that the fact that there is actually like a persistent and lucrative ongoing business in, uh, in fraudulent copyright strikes and copyright claims to basically steal the monetization from your video, even though like this is something you actually created yourself. And the, the fact that there's so, there's so little chance of repercussions uh, from Google that again you could po- you could ba- you can basically spend five hundred dollars to attend like a three hour seminar at the local Holiday Inn function room to learn how to make a thousand dollars a week or a thousand dollars a month basically stealing uh, monetization. That's how that's how much of a business this has become. That should show Google that they are or YouTube they're really really screwing this up. I'm just thinking about. YouTube premium. I finally signed up for it. I actually finally signed up for a lot of things, which my, my monthly bills are (laughs) anyway. Um, and the thing is, is I really am enjoying the YouTube experience now that there's no ads. Yeah. You know, I I can't can't deal with ads on YouTube because now it's whatever video I want after whatever video I want akin to the situation that I have going on TikTok. Cause TikTok doesn't serve you ads the way that YouTube does. Um, but the thing that's still grinding my gears is the YouTube kids just still like, it's, we figured out by the way, how to block content, how to block channels, but Mona knows what we're doing. So now (laughs) it's becoming like, I have to surreptitiously do it. Like I have to make a list. We have an ongoing list of like block these after she goes to bed tonight. (laughs) Like, Like this is what I have to do, but I shouldn't have to do that. Yeah. Like, Google should be curating that for me, quite frankly, because yeah. if it has the kids emblem on it, yeah, like they're 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 explicitly advertising this as a safe space for children, which means that when a, a, when a really disgustingly uh, like pornographic and violent cartoon appears on YouTube Kids, because an algorithm said, "Ooh, it's, car- the it's a cartoon." The violent one is it the one be, that happens. It a must ton. be okay. Yeah, it's like it, it was like cars beating each other up. Yeah. And we saw this happening. Okay, I'm sorry. Now we're going off topic, but I do want to say that well, it's not off topic. Like YouTube, YouTube needs yeah. to be better about what it does for YouTube kids. My kids should not be watching cars beating each other up. Mm. 
Okay. We don't beat each other up. Right. Okay. I'm doing gentle parenting. I'm trying to fix the next generation, not have them be as aggressive and awful as we are now. Be like, be like Generation X. Have your entire emotional interaction interface with the entire world be based on sarcasm. You don't need to hit when you can wound with words and the feigned disinterest in other people's feelings. I will say there's a Gen X meme on TikTok where Gen X looks uh, lovingly on millennials. Like, you're doing a great job, millennials. <laughs> you get the joke. Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay. The Simpsons got it absolutely perfectly when uh, back, back when like Bart and Lisa were part of like that MTV generation. They like Lisa, uh, uh, Marge was basically saying, Oh, I hope you, I hope you were, you, you weren't like a, uh, you weren't hurt or offended by, uh, by, by what you saw. And Lisa said, we're part of the MTV generation. We experienced neither highs nor lows. And Homer, Homer says, what's that like? And Lisa goes, Hey, that that's that's exactly that's actually that's everything you need to know about Generation X. Like, we experience neither highs nor nor lows. What's that like? Eh. <sighs> oh boy! See, I miss talking to people, and then this is what happens. I didn't talk to anybody for a whole week. Uh, okay, before we go, we do want to talk about. Were you the were you being sh- were you, excuse me? Were the Canadians shunning you? Because they shouldn't have done that. You are you are charming. Mm-mm. Canadians were flirting with me. Oh. I had a nice time with the Canadian people. They were good to me. Uh, you know, Canadians King, were good to me. King Charles is apparently bringing a new kind of love Not energy to the place. Those that no, no, no. nothing to do with I him. Do, I, I don't. I have want nothing to do with Charles and Camilla. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we were talking about classical music earlier. Yes. I actually was listening to Beethoven today. <laughs> I totally was. Um, and I swear to everybody out there that I am not trying to channel like Jude Law in a mid two thousands like indie film. Okay, <laughs> with the classical music, it really is helping me chill out. Nice. Um, it makes me feel like I'm in a in a in a good place. Anyway, Google Arts and Culture always does really fun stuff with classical music, with art, with culture, and their latest blob uh, experiment. Not only has beats, but it has Beethoven beats. Mm. Uh, sick, so. sick Beethoven beats. <laughs> All right. Um, I want to go try this out. I actually haven't tried it out yet. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't have a, a plug in to what I'm doing. Well, I, actually, I could I could try and do that. Should I try and do that, Andy? Try it. Uh, something, something, raindrops on my window. What happens when you match these random beats, it's one of the most important music collection in history. Let's see. Okay, skip intro. I'm skipping the intro. Forgive me. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. You you tap out a random beat, and it will find a piece of Beethoven music that actually also has that beat to it. Oh. Okay. Okay, I get it. Okay. Which is which is which is fun, according to many, I'm sure, definitions of fun. Okay, let me let me think of a rhythm. So, let's see. <clears throat> this is the rhythm of the night. The night. <laughs> oh, I wish Andy could hear this. Cuz it it kind of sounds like it a little bit. 
Okay, let me let me try one more. Uh, let's see. Oh, I get. Here we go. Here's one. <clears throat> it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. <laughs> what? You're right. Listeners, uh, Flo is exhibiting signs of delight and expressions of, of childhood, childlike joy, as though she has seen Santa Claus for the very first time. Well, that one is fun. So, okay, you go you go to the link that we're going to put in the show notes, and basically it'll take you to a page. It'll ask you to tap a rhythm with your space bar, and then the magical machine <laughs> will go in and find a Beethoven sonata that matches that beat. I could see somebody having some real fun with this, like by overlaying a, a modern pop song over classic Beethoven. If you know, oh, sweet child of mine, I think would be we spiced up with a good string section. <laughs> could you imagine? <laughs> uh, I, actually, actually, the you know, Guns N' Roses, they are very much in the age in which they you would start to PBS would start to book them for like a pledge drive concert in which they're wearing tuxedos and like they're backed by like an orchestra. Mm. I don't, I don't, I don't, but I I don't, maybe like that kind of thing, like they ended like in the 19s, but like 1970s acts. Cause that, that was, that was, that's, that's the thing that I've always like been sort of like worried about that. I'll feel very, very old. The first time that there's another one of those PBS pledge drive specials in which, Hey, wow, it's the, uh, the, the dead milkman. Like, Oh, they're old, old, old men. And they're in tuxedos and they're on the stage playing to old, old, old men and women. And they're being backed by like young people who are actually playing the music because they can barely live. Oh dear. I'm old now, aren't I? They're 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 pl- they're they're putting the dead milk milkman on pledge drive because they think that I'm now like a rich retiree in my sixties or seventies with nothing better to do with my money than donate to PB. Uh, damn it, I'm old. <laughs> Listen, I I read the newspaper. Okay. <laughs> uh, also, by the way, we have a uh, a blog beats. It's a, it's a game. It's a completely separate thing from the Beethoven. Much more much more fun. Yes, much more fun. It does include a Beethoven song, in, which is for Elise. And so yep. I'm going to ch- to choose it. Um, let's see. Okay. Yep. This one, this uh, one, is, this one is a rhythm game, kind of like Guitar Hero. But like instead of like playing guitar strings, there are like colored notes that are drifting down to like the blob opera blobs that are singing like the notes of like one of five different classical music pieces. Mm-hmm. And so by by it's SDFG SDFG to oh, keyboard. <laughs> You hear you hear the pitter patter of, of reindeer on the rooftop. By the way, I did record that. Excellent. I managed to get that recorded. That was a lot for me. Um, but I could see that making a fun little like TikTok. Yeah. Look at me. Now I'm thinking of TikToks while I'm on the internet. <laughs> uh, Andy, I appreciate you always finding these things because I never bother looking and then you find the fun stuff. And I, I'm really sorry, by the way, to the developers at the Arts and Culture Center. Um, it's not that I I don't, you know, think of you. It's just that yeah. I I forget to have fun. It's, it's, so it's my yeah. problem. And, I'm, and I'm, I'm glad that Google, for all the stuff that we complain about, which is just totally justified and all the things we're worried about them, which is also justified. 
I also like that they're probably the only company that's just for really no adequately explored reasons said let's make a let's make a like a, a retro like bitmap game uh just to celebrate the person who invented the game cartridge has their birthday like last week let's rather than just have like a bitmap graphic of what he looks like let's just let's create like a like a, a like a mario brothers style like run and jump sort of game and a construction set so you can make your own run and jump games um that al- that also is in the show notes uh that's just super super fun and if it means that you it means that you're you're probably weren't going to you probably weren't going to be starting work at nine o'clock on the dot anyway. It'll get you to nine twenty two, feeling as though okay, I feel like mm-hmm. I feel like I have I've spoken truth to power, stolen something from the man by refusing to start work and wasting my time and company resources for the first twenty two minutes of the day. Now, however, I have responsibilities that I will now address. See, I yeah. Well, thank you, Andy, for finding those for us. Hmm. That was fun. That was fun. That was fun. Again, we 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 both we both had this is our first show back from vacations from travel. So yeah, it's uh, I think was I think was a good show given that. And also, you uh, listeners probably can tell by my voice, I did pick up a little bit of a cold, Uh, even though I was masked the whole damn time. um, I think I might have got it from the fellow who was sitting behind me on the train ride home, uh, because I got I boarded the train really early, so I picked up my seat. And like the last people to board, like took the seats behind me and he was like, not, not coughing so much that I felt that he was an idiot and a jerk for like traveling. If he was really sick, just occasionally a little bit of a cough and I had my mask on, but I also had like a really great deli sandwich that I hadn't eaten like all morning and was like, okay, I'll only have my mask off for like 25 minutes while I eat this sandwich and this bag of chips. And maybe, maybe that's why I caught this cold. Which it's also well, it's also me. the hands is the other thing True. is we really forget like how many of these illnesses are just transmitted by the fact that we're all like touching the same doors and the same rails to go down the stairs, um, especially in like a transportation situation of becomes course. very easy. So just want to remind everybody to carry. I carry both um, fancy spray sanitizer and the scented uh, clear kind. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, you can, you can, you're one of those fancy people who can afford international travel in this economy. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm barely able to go two states away. The flights were so cheap, by the way. (laughs) Well, they were still 200, it was still like 300 bucks for the whole thing, but it wasn't bad. 300 bucks. It's, and it sounds like you had a good time. To fly 800 miles. You had, you had a purpose for going and it seems as though you, 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 you succeeded in that purpose. It it did its job. I'm glad to hear that. I, you know, I just want to say in defense of the winter vacation, um, I learned while I was on TikTok again, you see YouTube, you got to teach me more things. <laughs> you can't just do makeup dumpster diving. Okay. That's not <laughs> going to keep me on there that long. Um, but I learned that apparently it is a, uh, a part of an indigenous practice to think of the winter months is like this clarifying time like this time that you are sitting still and thinking and so i kind of i like that for me yeah <laughs> so i it, it feel because that's what i want to do in the winter yeah. like i really just want to stare at the sun going down and on the short day and you know sort of think about what we're doing in the new year and that that is good advice make sure that everybody make sure that you spend some time outside in the sun while the sun is out because you will have no idea how that can affect your sang freud uh, as well as your sense of elon and uh, until a sudden like 
two weeks since the last time that you spent any time just basically sitting outside in the sun for any length of time. And you realize that, oh, this is why I feel like garbage. I have not, I have not, it, it's been cold here in my shadow. Never feel like sunlight on my face. Unless you live Bette Midler was in correct. the polar north. Ah, there you go. Right now you are in two months of darkness. And for that, I'm sorry. But uh, buy, buy one, sure of, buy one of them can. anti-depression lamps. They work. Yeah, they do, by the way. I used to use one in San Francisco. <laughs> Uh, okay, so for me, if you would like to read what I'm writing, go to flowrights.tech, and then I'll take you straight to my bylines over at gizmodo.com. Um, as Andy said earlier, he was on radio this week. Andy, would you like to tell people where they can go listen to you and the recording? As as usual, go to wgbhnews.org to stream it, uh, or you can go to the WGBH News channel on YouTube to see me and basically see how many times my eyes dart away from the camera to my notes every time that I have like an actual number or proper name that I have to pretend that I actually remembered. Uh, it It's... Uh, yeah, I was on all about Android this week as well, by the way, for anybody who's uh, tuning into the Twit Network. And I will say that trying not to look like you're reading off the screen <laughs> is just not something I miss. <laughs> Uh, as always, you can help support us, this show, Material Podcast, and the other shows that you love so much here on the Relay FM network by becoming a member. Head over to relay.fm slash material. You can get past show notes for our show, and you can get a handy link that shows you how to become a subscriber. Andy and I are working on – can I say it, Andy? Yes. Yeah. We are, we are working on talking – and making plans for bonus episodes. <laughs> yes. So if you like when we talk about Columbo, you're going to like what's coming up. <laughs> yes. So look forward to that in the new year. And if you, um, and if you don't, give it, a, give it a try. What, what, yeah. what do you lose? Give, give it a try. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I think that's it for us think, this I, week, I think, we, I, think we, I think we definitely recorded a show today. Yeah, we did. Um, thank you, Eddie, for putting the notes together today. Mm. Thank you for hosting the show this week. And thank you, Jim, for editing us every week and making us sound so good, <laughs> even when we yell in his ear because our mics are up too high. <laughs> <sighs> until then, everybody. Until then. Until next week is what I mean to say. We will be here next week to ring you into uh, the Christmas holiday. So uh, stay tuned for that. And until next week, everybody, be safe, be, sa be happy, be healthy, and have a safe seven days. Toodle. Thank <laughs> you.